Hello, everyone. I'm Dan Mosier, and this is the Mosier Media Podcast. And today's topic has to do with the value of your time. And I know that a good number of the folks listening in this audience are in the creative services field. And that might include photographers and graphic designers or web designers, web developers, videographers, editors, script writers, the gamut. And it's a wonderful industry we're in. This is a great field to be in. And even if you're not in the creative services business, even if you're not in the business of creating art, this topic will resonate. It, it will have some meaning because we sometimes struggle as professionals to understand the value of our time. And I'm going to say this several times during this podcast, the work-life balance and that fine line between giving your customer the time and attention they deserve and being taken advantage of. And there is a fine line. And sometimes we all err on the side of being taken advantage of. And in many cases, that could be better than not giving a client the time that they deserve. If you're going to make one mistake, let's make the mistake of being taken advantage of. But I want to start with a quick story about a young college student at the counter of the auto repair shop. And this goes back several years when I would drive through Akron to get to the University of Akron, and there was an auto repair shop on campus. And this young college student, this young lady, had out in the parking lot a 70s style station wagon with the wood on the side and the back seats that face backwards and what we would call the way back. When we were kids, you got to sit in the way back and you'd be car sick from riding backwards in one of these old, maybe this was a Ford LTD station wagon or something like that. And I remember having one when I was a kid and, and this young lady loved this car. You could tell she loved this car, but this mechanic at the counter is trying to explain to her the cost of the repairs. And what is involved in keeping this 1970-something car on the road. And she clearly had an emotional attachment to the car. And clearly, she did not want to accept that it was going to be expensive to keep this thing on the road. And the situation I'm in is I'm waiting to pay for my gas. And I'm listening to this conversation. And the young lady's crying. And she says to the mechanic, as she's paying her bill, she's laying out a bunch of cash onto the counter. And she's crying and she's saying to the mechanic, you're taking all of my money. And the mechanic looked at her as quick as could be and said, you're taking all of my time. And that struck me. I know that it did because this was probably 20 years ago that this happened. And I still remember this exchange because this was maybe rude. But this young lady was very upset, and she probably didn't need this kind of comment at that time, but he was very frank, and he had probably used this line before because it came quick. And it struck me right then and there that he, while probably not good at delivering news or good at bedside manner, he was probably right. And, you know, the college student, probably didn't understand what his time was worth, that his time has value, that there's other customers waiting, that there's other customers that need his time to fix their cars. We all need somebody to keep us on the road. And we have to think about what our time is worth. 
I frequently work with college students. I frequently work through our internship program and being involved in the universities in the area and video production programs. And I frequently make the statement to young college students, you are frequently, if this is the case, I say this to the college students, you are time rich and money poor. And not all college students are poor. College is expensive. And typically, as we're starting out in our early education, in our life and our college careers, it is possible that tuition is high and it's hard to work and go to school at the same time. So college students frequently time rich and money poor. And this is the time in your life to take on the internship, to build the portfolio, do things for experience and take on those passion projects. And I always encourage the college students to make sure that if you're going into the creative services field, that you're building your portfolio every year, that you're succeeding in classes, you're succeeding academically, but you're also doing things that build the portfolio. And I always warn the college students, and this advice could work for people of any age at any point in their careers, not to be taken advantage of under the idea that you're building your portfolio or this is a really great opportunity for you and it'll lead to other things. There's a lot of that that goes on in our business. Well, if you just do this project for me, this one time pro bono or just kind of give me a great rate, I have tons of friends in my network and people that need your services and I'll turn you on to a whole bunch of people and somehow that's going to make up for the fact that you've given your time away. And if it's a passion project or something, you're in the mode where you're building a portfolio and there's other benefits to you, then do it. But there is a fine line. And I'm going to tell another story that also has to do with a young college student. And uh, since I run an intern program and I'm frequently recruiting for the intern program, I'm at the colleges telling students how great our intern program is and that our internship program helps you build your demo reel. We do job placement role playing. So I actually work with students in a job interview practice session that we record on video. So I'm coaching them how to build their personal websites and their LinkedIn page and their portfolio because I genuinely want everyone who interns with us to have a great experience and to come out ready for the first job interview, ready for that entry level job. And I work hard at this. So this one student who was interning with us on his first day told me that he had an opportunity to intern somewhere else. And I said, oh, well, please tell me about this other internship opportunity. And he told me that it was working at a car dealership doing the photography and video of the cars for their website. And also that this car dealership does events and promotions and different kind of fun things with the employees. And he wanted pictures and video for their social media to make the car dealership look like it's a really fun place to visit. And I said to this young man, I said, this is not an internship. This is a video and photography opportunity where you should be paid. And he looked at me kind of funny and maybe he was... uh, thinking that I was uh, saying something bad about this other internship because I wanted him to stay at our program, which our internship does not pay. But I set the projects up for the purpose of learning. I don't use student interns for billable client work or for anything that markets our business. So I don't use students 
to create social media videos for us. If you're working on a social media video for Mosier Media, you're getting paid. If you're working on a community service project that's donated, then that's something where an internship, uh, an intern is, it can be working. So I'm explaining to this, uh, the situation to the young man that if you're doing something for this business and they're going to benefit from it financially, this is something that they should pay you for. You're creating something that has value and it doesn't have a whole lot of value for the portfolio. And it's unlikely that the car dealership general manager person is going to use his network to find you your next job opportunity. So there's a lot of things that aren't working here. And ultimately, this college student listened to what I had to say and came back to me a couple days later. He said, you know, I talked to them and they said they were going to pay me because I brought up some of the things that you said. So as it turns out, I think the folks at that particular business recognized what the value was that he was going to provide. And they decided to pay him for the work. And I don't know if they would have done that had he not just gone to them and said, hey, you know, what I'm doing for you has value to your business. And so therefore I should be paid. And all of us need to think about what we do has value. Our time has value. What we create has value. And I don't mean to diss my friends in auto repair and car dealership. And I do recognize as I'm telling these stories that both of these are automotive related businesses that I've used as examples. And both of these are very true stories. The car dealerships that we do marketing work for and the auto mechanics that I use for work on my cars are all very honest and legitimate people. So I do not want to infer in any way that everyone in the auto industry is somehow a bad person. Um, we won't even go there. But what I want to talk about next is the value of a relationship with an employer. And an employer is buying all your time. An employer is taking all of your time. And at this part in the podcast, maybe I'm speaking to those in the creative services field who might be looking at working for a video production company, working for a photography studio or a social media or digital marketing firm versus doing this work freelance. And you have to think it through this way. There is a benefit certainly to being a freelancer and that you can manage your own time. You can take on projects. You can, well, I suppose you, you can manage your own time, but when work comes in, you better do it. And of course, the downside is if work comes in and you've decided you're on vacation that week, you are the sole service provider. You're the freelancer. That client is either going to not do that project at that particular time or find somebody else. The benefit of working with a team, letting an employer buy all of your time, if they're going to employ you 40 hours, 45 hours a week, they're going to buy all your time. They're buying in bulk. They're going to get a discounted rate on your time because you're going to give them your full-time attention throughout the year. And the benefit of being a part of a team, the clients will be there even if you take the day off. So when you're working as part of a team, unlike being a freelancer, that if you have a vacation week, others can fill in for you. And the client will stay. The client will stay with the team. And of course, there's the issue of time management. So if something were to come up or you have a workload that's too great, you might be able to turn to a coworker and say, hey, I've taken on a little too much right now. Would you have time to edit this project for me? Or could you go through all these pictures and do the selects for me? Or could you do the Lightroom and Photoshop work over here? Whatever it is, the benefit of that team to support you. 
And ultimately, what that can help with is that work-life balance. Life changes. You could decide someday you, you want to get married. You want to have kids. You want to take a sabbatical and go two weeks somewhere on a wild road trip out west and ride uh, motorcycles through the desert. I mean, you, you, you just might reach a point in your life. Maybe, maybe somebody uh, in your family gets sick. You want to spend some time with your mother or your grandmother or somebody that you love and care about. And you say, you know, I need to take a couple weeks and work on me. I need to any number of things. And that work-life balance is important. And I'm going to suggest it's easier to have that work-life balance if you're part of a team. I'm going to share another story that has to do with the idea of why you might want to be a business owner. And one of the advantages of being a business owner, at least from my point of view, and perhaps this podcast uh, might have uh, audience members who are business owners. And so a lot of my talks are geared towards those in the creative field, uh, like I said, freelancers or creatives that want to go down this route over here. But what if you work for a creative services company or what if you want to start one and be the owner? And I have, in my decades of being a, you know, an adult, let's say, had interactions with all kinds of business owners. And the small business just fascinates me. I just love the idea of a small business. And one of the advantages of being the business owner is that you can pick and choose the projects that you work on. Now, we all have things that we don't want to do that we have to do. We have responsibilities. The payroll has to be made. The bank accounts need to be in order. You can't let your you know, credit card accounts run up amok. You can't let the business. There, there's financial things you need to do, a, a number of things you need to do to keep your business in business. And if you don't like the bookkeeping, you don't like the finances, you still have to do that or find someone, hire somebody, recruit somebody to do it for you. But the ultimate idea here is that business owners like to work on what they want to work on. That's one of the advantages of being the business owner. You can hire people to handle other things for you. I want to tell the story of a gentleman I know and did a ton of video work for when I was younger. He owns a greenhouse. He owns a business that is very impressive, a nursery. And they sell the shrubs and the tree. I've I've purchased arbovitas. I've purchased flowers. I go in there on Mother's Day, and I like to buy stuff from him. And uh, you know the the bouquet. Of, I like to get my mom uh, the uh, potted plants or different things for her backyard and the the deck and all this stuff on Mother's Day. So, and he's seasonal. So he's open, you know, March or April through, you know, right now. Let's say uh, through November, and he enjoys taking January and February, and he travels the world. But while he's at his nursery, while he's in the greenhouse, he likes to tinker with his projects. Uh, And I don't know anything about, you know, making different kinds of plants or he studies the best way to keep lots of plants alive and come up with the, you know, whatever the miracle grow products are and different different ways to really make the you know, green plants look as green as they can be. Clearly, I know nothing about any of this. And the problem is all of us who like plants or want our yards to look nice, I want my house to look nice. I want trees. We want to talk to him when we go to the business. When I go in there to buy a bunch of flowers for my mom, I want to talk to him about it because I know him. And I have come to learn 
and respect over the years that he is not interested in a long conversation about what kind of flowers I should buy, which at first you might think he owns the nursery. Why wouldn't he want to talk to you about all the The problem is, if you look around the place, he's got acres and acres of plants and shrubs and trees and such, and acres and acres of customers there. And what he tried to explain to me one time when I kind of called him out on this, he said, if I worked the floor of this shop, I would never get my projects done because I can't address every single issue. And people come in with some sort of sketch out on a napkin about what they want their home landscaping to look like. And they will stand there and talk to me for an hour. And we have, as part of our business, landscape design. And what these customers want to do is they want to bypass the landscape design fees. He's got a staff of landscape designers, and he's got a team of people that will install or plant. You don't really install plants. You plant plants, right? Okay, I got to get my terminology straight here. But the reality is he has probably 20 or 30 people moving about the property with bulldozers and moving dirt and loading dirt and loading trees into customers' trucks and, and pickup trucks are coming in for this kind of supply and and the, the, the sweet old ladies are off in the corner picking out their plants and he's got wonderfully talented and knowledgeable employees helping all of these customers. And when the customers have a personal relationship with him, they want to bypass all of these people that he's put into place for this purpose. Because people like me want to go in and talk to him. And he loves his customers, but he loves his projects. And that's why he started this business. He has a passion for making the plants be as, and the products be as great as they can be. And he cannot get any of this work done, especially on a Saturday or a, a Sunday Mother's Day or in their shopping and, and it, the place is packed. It's just packed. And so I get it. So he's off hiding in the greenhouse trying to water the plants. And, and, and there's a fine line here. He needs to be thinking about his customers. He needs to make sure that everyone's taken care of. But again, he's hired people so that he understands the value of his time and what he wants to do with his time. And he has a bookkeeper. He's got an office manager. He's got a marketing person. He has people to handle things for him. And what I did in my example, in my story, I was one of those people who came up to him and said, hey, here's a picture of my house. I'm thinking about putting this tree here and this. What if I bought one of these? What if I, what, what is your opinion? And, you know, he said, hey, I've got a whole landscaping design team over there. Why don't you go talk to them? Well, I don't want to go talk to them. I don't want to pay the fees. There's a charge for this. Well, what I was doing to him was disrespecting his time. And he understood the value of his time better than I did. And so it works on both sides. As the customer, I need to understand that all of their time and their knowledge and their expertise, that has value. And I got to tell you what I did. If I don't want to pay the fees, I went in there and I planted, uh, planted, I picked six Arbovita and I hired somebody that, uh, you know, did I hired a, a Craigslist worker. You know, the handyman kind of, you know, the, the young man that uh, uh, come out and he handed him a shovel. I said, here, I'll pay you to, to dig holes and plant these arbovitas. And he did. And so I got it done. But I 
got an education from this business owner on the value of time. And from the customer's standpoint, I needed to respect their time and expertise. And there's nothing wrong with saving money by doing it as a do-it-yourself style. But if you're going to do it yourself, do it yourself. And again, there is a fine line between providing clients lots of well-deserved time and being taken advantage of. I did not understand how valuable my time was until I had a child. And I won't get into the whole story. I have a a wonderful 14-year-old son. He is the greatest kid in the whole world. And uh, I won't get into the whole, my whole life story of how I became a parent. And it was just a wonderful, it's a wonderful opportunity to be a dad. But you don't realize how valuable your time is until you have a child telling you that they want more of your time. Now, when I was suggesting this to a coworker about the idea that you don't understand how valuable your time is until you have a child, uh, he actually suggested that his initial reaction to that was, well, it's because your alone time becomes more valuable when you have a child. And I thought that was kind of funny, but that's, that's not what I'm suggesting. Although some parents might feel like suddenly when you have kids, your alone time suddenly has a lot more value. But think about baseball games. And every morning I'm at the bus stop. That's why our offices are here in Fairlawn, Ohio, very near my house, because I like to be at the bus stop at 740 in the morning. I like to have a just a five minute discussion with my son before he gets on the bus. And I like to watch him get on the bus. And I know all the neighbor kids. And I just and, and you know, I feel like I'll I'll be the parent that makes sure the kids are safe at the bus stop. Just, I'm scared of the world we live in. I, we live in a nice neighborhood. I love Fairlawn, Ohio. It's great. We have great schools. Everything is wonderful here. But that time, that five minutes in the car every morning, that's that, that, that's incredible time. I, when I have to do something that involves, you know, leaving and going downtown or going somewhere that I have to be somewhere by seven or eight in the morning, you know, there's there's a little bit of, you know, I tell him, I said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to have to leave at 630 and he can get himself. He's 14. He's in eighth grade. He can get himself to the bus. But the doctor's appointments, the, the school meetings and the homework time and every child has special needs. Every child has a unique need and every circumstance is different. But. I did not understand how valuable my time was until I became a parent. And I served on boards and committees. I was the academic advisor panel expert. And I love these high school and college video production classes because I got my start in media and video production through our high school video production program, which I loved. So I, as now in the business, I like to give a little time back at least I did, to some of the really great high school video production programs. They're teaching television. They're teaching filmmaking and and cinematography and camera work and all this stuff and editing. I I love it. I want to support this. So from time to time, I get the chance to be on these academic advisement panels where they bring in professionals to make sure they're teaching the things that employers will be looking for. They are trying to prep students for entry-level video production jobs or working in television or maybe going to college and, and taking and becoming a communications major and all of this stuff. I absolutely, I support this. But when I had a child, when I became a parent, it became difficult to be on every committee or on the board of directors. of the, There's wonderful organizations that I was a member of the board, and I loved doing this, but I had to give some of this up. There's no way to make the meeting with the 
teachers and principals and all of that, and be at the baseball games and be at the, you have to pick one or the other. And not that my time didn't have value before, but I really became aware of what my time was worth when I became a parent. And I also made being a parent a priority over all of these other things. It's just my own personal choice. One thing that's odd about this that has struck me a couple of years after I really dropped off of committees and boards and, and academic advisement panels is that I noticed it hadn't changed our business. And I started to question, and I love networking. I love being out in the community. I love giving back. I like it when somebody says, oh, yeah, Mosier Media sponsored this. You know, we really appreciate that Mosier Media was the sponsor of this baseball team and the sponsor of this. And I donate video production services to nonprofits, and I love all of that. This has been a great business. This community is wonderful. We've thrived here in Northeast Ohio. So I want to do these things. I feel it's a to be a good corporate citizen, I think, is what the right phrasing is. But I noticed as I dropped back from all of these volunteer situations or being on the board, it didn't change our sales. It actually reduced the number of calls I got for being involved in something like a nonprofit or a donating services or sponsoring this, that, and the other. And I have to be very careful. I'm hesitating here because I don't want to sound like I don't like doing those things. But the reality is, as I dropped back from being involved in absolutely as many things as I could, our business remained steady. We were still getting calls from clients to do videos. There was just a reduction in the number of calls I got where people were asking me to donate something or give to this or, or bending the budget a little bit for this over here because they had a direct line to me. And I like it when people have a direct line to me. I like knowing what the needs are. I like hearing from people. I don't want to hide from the world. I don't want to hide in the greenhouse and work on the plants. I want to be the face of the business. I want to be out in the world. But there is a slight advantage to backing off of a few things and taking less calls, less people having the direct line to me to ask for the ask. And that's a work-life balance. That's a that's a personal choice I made, and I don't know if I would have known that the business would have continued. And frankly, I didn't volunteer for all these things. I wasn't on the board of this or the looking for business. I was there because I thought it was a great thing to do. It's my responsibility. And our business is doing well. And, and, and uh, it's a responsibility of a successful business owner, and I'm not saying I'm successful, but we do well. Let's go out and give back. I do want to donate. I do want to contribute. But... As I've gotten older, I've realized the value of time. And I'm going to end on what could be the ultimate in terms of thinking through the value of your time, and that is getting older. And I have reached the age where you start to have some concerns about this, that, and the other. The I don't even want to talk about the test for this, that, and the other kinds of cancers that you have to do at age 50. And as a downer, as a little bit of a buzzkill, you think about those you've lost, people you love who died of cancer at age 47. And we all have lost someone to cancer. And frankly, you want to talk about nonprofits that we've worked for. I have worked for the American Cancer Society. We've donated fundraiser videos to the various community events that help to raise money for cancer research. And cancer has touched us all. But you reach a point 
where you really start to think about what your legacy is or what you're doing with your time and what does it all mean? And I'm there. And so the summary of today's podcast is if you think about all the things we've talked about and the most important thing is that I again remind everyone that I love our customers and I want to err on the side of perhaps being taken advantage of rather than making the mistake of not giving our clients well-deserved time and that there is a fine line between giving of your time and being taken advantage of. It's a very delicate balance and one that I will probably never figure out, but it's important to think it through as food for thought. Remember, your time has value, whether you are a young college student just starting out or you're the business owner think about how you're spending your time because it has value. I appreciate you listening. Your time has value and you spent it with this podcast. And I greatly appreciate that. Please find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mosier Media. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mosier Media. On Twitter and Instagram at Mosier Media. You can always email me. My email, dan at MosierMedia.com. And of course, we have a great phone number, 330-376-3500. I've had that phone number since we had the office in downtown Akron 100 years ago, 330-376-3500. And the next podcast topic, do we need that phone number? People reach out by Facebook and LinkedIn and email and through our contact form at MosierMedia.com. Do we need 330-376-3500 in this era does a creative services business need a phone system or a landline? And that will be on our next podcast. Thanks for listening.